2: This is it. I have found it. I am in hell. I'm in hell because do you know how hard it is to rank the quotes from Robert Harling's 1989 southern comedy drama Steel Magnolias? Basically, every line in this script is iconic. But that is the test that the great pop culture debate has set out for itself in this mini So join us as we slap on some Lycra take our hair higher to heaven, and head to Chickapee Parish to decide the very best quote from Steel Magnolias. I'm your host, Eric Resniak, and I promise that my personal tragedy will not interfere with my ability to do good podcasting. Joining me is today's panel. Please welcome to the debate, Bob Burleyback. Bob, did you know that Ambo Land had six fingers? Well, what happened to the other four? She had 11 altogether.
1: Are you trying to confuse me, Eric? You know
2: I am. And he's the former Miss Merry Christmas who got caught with this tinsel down around his knees. It's Kevin Dillon.
0: Always and forever, Alyssa Edwards.
2: If not, I'm just a slut. (laughs) And he's our favorite color commentator. It's Michael Schwartz. Would you call this grape or aubergine?
3: Well, the color I'm wearing is grape, but, you know, I'm sophisticated now, so we'll call it aubergine.
2: All right, we're going to go with it. So, mini work a little differently than our normal episodes. There's no comprehensive poll. There's no listener input. Our panelists put together our personal lists of our top 15 quotes from the film. By the way, we're focusing on the 1989 film, not the play, not the 2000s remake from Lifetime. We've compared notes, and we've come up with our final bracket of top 16 picks. They've been randomly assigned, and our panelists have made their choices. And now we argue about it and insult each other, all for your amusement. Want to follow along at home? Head to the great pop culture com and find the bracket for this and every episode under the polls and more menu. Save a copy, fill it out for yourself and see if your picks match ours or if you want us to eat shit and die, just like drum. So, um, I will give this kind of a, a, Uh, overview for this. So I'm going to put this out there right now. I have no idea how this is going to work, because how do you rate one quote over another? Uh, I had no problems whatsoever. (laughs) Okay, good. Um, I mean, from my perspective, it's just an opportunity for for homosexuals to get together and talk about Steel Magnolias for an hour. But we are going to start with, we had two unanimous choices for round one. You know what they say, if you don't have anything nice to say about anybody, come sit by me, advanced over, oh, he's a real gentleman. I bet he takes the dishes out of the sink for he pees in it. And the only thing that separates us from the animals is our ability to accessorize was the clear winner over, I don't trust anyone that does their own hair. I don't think it's normal. Uh, So the rest of the ones were up for debate. And I will say again, right now, all of us are going to put on really terrible and offensive Southern accents for the entirety of this debate. I (laughs) hope that does not offend you. I hope it entertains you. Um, But if you are Southern and you're like, that is not at all what we sound like. My apologies in advance. The first matchup we're going to debate is we were deadlocked between Weeza, you know, I love you more than my luggage. And you have the handwriting of a serial killer. Kevin, why are you analyzing people's handwriting?
0: (laughs) Oh, I love this quote because it really actually in full is, I'd recognize that handwriting anywhere. Weezer, you have the handwriting of a serial killer. It's just this like really fun moment at um, Anel's baby shower where she like gives her that sexy lingerie. And it's just so funny. I think I think it is a really incredible line. It's one of those other really playful Weezer um, Claried lines where you're just like I love these two and they're the it's it's hard to say they're the best duo in the movie but they work so well together and this is just like one of those like low-key great lines of theirs that they have together.
2: I think it's totally fair to say that they're the best duo in the movie. I, I think that like Malin and Shelby, forget it. Like,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright so Michael, discuss why you love your luggage.
3: Oh my god, please god. this is like this is the one of the moments that the end of the film that really just encapsulates everything mm-hmm. in the end. And I think that it really goes back to that, you know, that Clary Weezer duo that we have here. And this encapsulates everything that they are they are for each other. After the other quote that we will talk about later in the cemetery, you know, Clary's trying to make her apologies to Weezer. And they're sitting on that bench and they just nudge each other and they just like, I love you more than my luggage. And next thing you know, Olympia Dukakis asses on the ground. And everybody is just laughing and laughing for us. I think that I use both of them a lot. You know, I use Steel Magnolias as a gay man as a required quote for us. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that... This is one that I use a little bit more when I'm talking about serial killer handwriting. I'm usually talking to one of my students because <laughs>
2: I mean I use it all the time, and I, I use both of them all the time. Yes, but I, I think I went with serial killer handwriting here because I do actually well as Bob can attest, I do have the handwriting of a serial killer. Um yep. and yep, and um, I I say it all the time, especially at work. Like d- don't don't look at my notes. You, you can't read. Re- I have the handwriting of a serial killer, and nobody seems to get that it's a reference. Which shame on me for working with such uncultured swine but
1: bob where, where did you come down on this um i'm totally handwriting of a serial killer because it to to the point you just made it's something you can use in everyday life people don't need to know where it comes from it's just a, a- Wonderful quote that just works in all occasions.
2: Exactly. So I believe that means that the handwriting will advance to the next round. Michael, I'm sorry. We still love you more than our luggage, though.
3: Are you sure about that?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> all right. But don't let, that, don't let that stop you from writing down crotchless panties.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Three quarters of us preferred, hit this. Go ahead, Malin. Slap her. We'll sell t-shirts that said, I slapped Wiza Boudreau." Two, looks like two pigs fighting under a blanket. Bob, you're the lone pig in this blanket.
1: Why? Girl, well, the shade of it all. That line (laughs) right there, you want to talk about reading? Clarie will talk about reading of Janice Van Meter. Oh, Janice Van Meter. Janice Van Meter, she got hit in the head with that baseball, and now we're talking about her ass in a dress. So, um, you know, for me, that line is just total reading. It's such a great scene between her and Truvy where they're just going back and forth and just being just reading her to filth. Like just and I think, you know, that's a line also that I've I've been able to use and incorporate into my everyday life as well. So I think that that's really important. Um, if you're going to rank one line over another is something that you find use for and you're ever like we talked about in the premo.
2: That's a, a really fair point. It also brings up something I've thought about writing because I have time and also do not have the rights to this, but writing a wicked like book from the point of view of Janice Van Meter, because like this poor woman is just trying to live her fucking life. And these catty bitches are constantly dragging her. Like, I want to know what Janice Van Meter's journey is. I bet you like she's, you know, some fascinating human being. Is, Maybe is a little bit late? I don't know. I oh, don't know. But no. don't you well, think uh, that would be a great series? Like, do Steel Magnolias, <laughs> but from the viewpoint of Janice Van Meter being bullied by these? Oh
0: God! Lans- is she going to be played by Kate Blanchett in like a period piece? Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> I, I think I just think the Marmillions have a much better story to tell than Janice Van Meter. So they're kind of like the sexville Bagginses of the Steel Magnolias universe. Prouchy if you will.
2: Exactly. Alright, so I will go ahead and defend Slapping Weezer, although if I'm being completely blunt, I think Bob makes a a compelling argument that I use Two Pigs Fighting Under a Blanket all the time in real life, and I very rarely use the uh, I Slapped Weezer Boudreaux t-shirt line. But when working on this podcast and trying to come up with ideas for merch, like, I want to make and sell an I Slapped Weezer Boudreaux t-shirt. I feel like gays would buy that.
3: Oh, in a heartbeat.
0: Yes. And Eric, the only reason you use the Two Pigs Fighting Under a Blanket line a lot is because you're a pig, and that's okay. It's true. <laughs> it's <laughs> very personal. And when I say pig, I mean this in the gay
2: terms. All right. I know. No, I mean it's true in every term too, though. Thanks quarantine. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> let's be honest. That is one of the most iconic moments in the movie, right? They're in the cemetery. Melina's had her full-blown meltdown. Why? Why? I just why? why? <laughs> and then here comes Clarie, who is like. Weezer gets most of the credit for being like the comedy dynamo of the movie, but Weezer is a fantastic straight man and she comes oh. in, or excuse me, Clary. And she comes in with these fantastic dry barbs and she's, go ahead, Malian, slap her. Like, it's a great fucking moment. It's one of like the top movies of the. Moments of the movie. So I'm a little bit torn here. I'm going to go to Kevin. Where are you coming down on this, break? Uh Hit This. Hit This. And what about you, Michael?
3: Are you still with Hit This? Oh, I actually already own an Slap Weezer Boudreaux t-shirt, so.
2: Damn it. I can't make that. All right. So, um... For that reason, I do think we are going to advance I slap Weezer Boudreaux. But I agree with you, Bob. Like, I I do use that term all the time.
1: So Very good, Eric. Spoken like a true smartass.
2: Bob was also the lone holdout preferring, I haven't left the house without Lycra on these thighs since I was 14, to... All gay men have track Latin, and all gay men are named Mark, Rick, or Steve. Bob, why have you abandoned your people?
1: Well, I mean, it's a great line, right? Like, it's it's one of the funniest moments in the movie, that line. But I I went with the Lycra line because, again, it is a line that I have sometimes used in day-to-day life, not as often as some of the other ones, but... I wanted some representation for Dolly Parton um, and for Truvy. Oh, don't worry. We'll get there. I oh, know. Yeah. I know. She's got some other lines on there. But like when I was looking at the the brackets or whatever, like Clary clocks in at eight quotes on this bracket. And it wow. has got four and Truvy only has three. So I was like, I don't want to be part of a podcast where I'm not trying to push Dolly Parton forward as much as possible. So I just thought that was a, I just, I use that line more often. I think it's more, I just think it's funnier and um it's not that I don't like the other the other line. I think it's more of a moment in a scene more than just that one line,
2: but Bob, that is a compelling fucking argument right there. Damn, I love it when you guys do that. Yeah. Um I- I will cozy up to Mark Rick and Steve in that. I feel as though that like as gay men watching this movie, that moment made us all howl. Um, I do think it was more relevant in the 1980s when all gay men actually were named Mark Rick or Steve having lived in Rochester for eight years. Literally almost every gay man I knew was named Mark Rick or Steve. That is the, that is the truth. And most of them all lived in the same house and we're fucking each other. But now I'm not sure if that is the truth. I feel like if you updated this movie now, you'd have to do, I don't know. I
0: think it's st- Still, like funny because like it like it's such a like really great moment in the film where like I don't know it's one of the most playful moments in the film and like it, it's just very cleverly delivered and it's Julia Ro- it's Julia Roberts' best moment in the movie because it's a Julia Roberts line and she honestly is the tragic figure mostly in the film and for her to have like a really great memorable line I. That isn't about blush or bashful. It's it's my lot. It's it's so good. And All also,
3: right. th- you think about the the setup on actually on both sides of the quote for you, because you start with Clary going, you know, in my day, you always knew the, yes, which side of man's, man's bread on, bread by the, is by buttered. his <laughs> by his demeanor. And then on the other side, then you have Weezer walking in the door, throwing the tomatoes in the in everybody's lap and in there. And then, you know, what's everybody laughing at? And when did you get track live? Right,
2: right, <laughs> right, 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 right. It is a great setup.
3: It is. It's, it's, it, it literally does. But the Lycra line, it stands on its own, but it does yeah. that. But this, this, this quote gives you a whole actually scene on both sides of it that makes it that much more memorable.
1: Well, I'd also like to mention the Lycra line is still about Janice Van Meter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> justice for janice van meter Absolutely. Oh, i love it I, it's hilarious so it sounds to me like kevin and michael are pretty firmly on mark rick or steve yes yes and kevin has been on all three of mark rick and steve Ooh. bob are, are you we still all sticking have. with lycra
1: i'll give up lycra for you people oh. all right
2: well oh, we love you bob we love you so we're gonna go ahead and move that uh mark rick or steve along I just This time, to
1: speak on dolly
2: I, I will always hear it i will always speak for Dolly Parton so thank you for doing that on her behalf this time Kevin is the lone holdout channeling Truvy's I'm a chain over Weezus I'm not crazy Malin I've just been in a very bad mood for 40 years that was a terrible delivery Um, Kevin why are you so invested in Truvy's franchising? Oh my god guys I'm I'm a
0: chain is like Truvy's iconic line and I say it all the time Regardless of context, like I'm a chain y'all it's just so good. you can use it in any setting. It is the moment I'm fine with you all moving with the one that you did because it's the obvious one, but I'm a chain is just like i I think it's Truvie's most fun moment. she's so bubbly, she's so excited. And it's, it's like a low-key great quote that most people don't talk enough about.
2: And I will say, like Kevin can attest to this, when I actually got the website set up for our podcast, that was the first thing I said to him, I'm a chain. Exactly. So, uh, there is real-world ap- applications here. Michael, are you certain about Weezer's craziness?
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> by far, Weezer is possibly the craziest person that is out there, but she has also been in a foul mood, you know, until Owen comes along.
2: Owen, giving her that D in the middle of the night.
3: Yes, you have. You, exactly. You know, you've caught my secret. I'm dating a Mercedes Benz.
2: Which almost made the bracket. It, it almost did it, cut it too.
3: But I, I, I do want to say one thing. Is, while I do love I'm a chain, to me, it's not Truvi's like, most iconic line that she has in that movie. You know, I think that some of the other things in here about, like, I don't trust anybody who does their own hair. It's not normal. Is more iconic for you than I, I'm a chain. It's Like, and that's a really great Walmart line.
2: Million. Let's see, all of these, all of these little callbacks. You you know the supporting characters far better than I do, Bob. So thank you for that. Um, is anyone going to be ch- uh, changing their vote to I'm a chain? Bob? Um,
1: I don't think so. I think I'll stick with craziness.
2: Okay. I think I will too. So I'm sorry, Kevin, but we-
1: will Oh no, up. totally fine. Makes sense.
2: <laughs> All right. Three quarters of us sided with Shelby's, my color's are blush and bashful. And Mullen's response, her color's are pink and pink. But Bob went with my personal motto. I am pleasant. Damn it, I just saw Drum Eating Tint this morning down to the piggly wiggly and
1: I smiled at the son of a bitch before I could help myself. Bob, are you pleasant? I'm very pleasant, and you are not pleasant, but you have, <laughs> You have said that line many, many times. I have heard it come from your lips many, many times. Before. So many so times. For you to for you to switch out and go to my colors or blush and bashful, I might be able to be persuaded on this one too, because clearly that is an iconic line for a Miss Miss Shelby. But um I just there's just something about that whole scene where uh, Wiza is just like totally exasperated. And I feel like everybody's always been at that moment where it's just like, you're being misunderstood. You, you don't know. Everybody to you is crazy. You feel like you're taking crazy pills. And you're just like, damn it. I am pleasant. Damn it. I am pleasant. So I just think that it just speaks to the human emotion a little bit more.
2: It's so true. And she's in the chair getting her mustache waxed. <laughs> yeah. And when she like hits that note, the chair like chung, goes back. And then does Anel come over and give her something? And she's, oh, yeah.
1: and what does she say to Anel? There's a great. Take your Bible and stick it where the sun does not shine.
2: <laughs> exactly. Like it's a great fucking scene.
0: Um, so I hear you. Y'all are talking body- around the scene and that's lovely. And it is a great quote, but. How many gays say my colours are blush and bashful? Her colours are pink and pink. Like that line is it's, it's true. It's true is, and that is repeti- repetitive in our community, whether it's right or wrong, it's still a most quoted moment. Personally
1: Go ahead. Go ahead, And then Bob. also, I would say, personally, I don't need both. I only need my colors are blush and bashful. I don't need the other part. Mm. Sure. And what were you going to say, Michael?
3: No, and then it just sets up the whole, the minute that they walk into the, the sanctuary for it, you know, that it looks like it's been hosed down by Pepto-Bismol. That quote lives a little bit longer with the visuals that come to as well.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And Bob's completely correct. I literally do use the I am pleasant line constantly. It is very much true to me as a person. But in terms of like the, again, the lines that everyone is going to resonate with, blush and bashful. To me, one of the most like you just keep going back to it. It's hilarious. So, I, I does anyone object to us moving Blush and Bashful forward?
1: No, I'm good. I can I can be swayed over there. That's
2: fine. All right. So finally, in round one, we were dead split between Weeza. You sound almost chipper. What happened today? You run over a small child or something? And you are evil, and you must be destroyed. Michael, discuss Clary's comment about vehicular manslaughter. <laughs>
3: It just gets me every single time. And I will admit, though, because I could, I, I, this is the whole thing with this bracket is that they are all just so freaking good when we listen to all of them that you can think about it in every single way. But I think that it's just, I think it's funnier in terms you know, what happened today? You, you run over a small child or something. It just feeds into that, that personality that we all expect Weezer to have and who she really is for us. And I think that that's, that and goes back to the serial killer line too. Is that it really just sets up that character so much more for me?
2: It's true. Um, so I'll talk about evil. I mean, it's part of my you know personal aesthetic. But <laughs> The reason I went with that one is it is you know brevity is the source of wit, and it is what a like six li- six word line, seven words, and it is just boom bang done, and it can be used constantly. And I do I use it constantly. So it is just one of those real quick little jabs. It says exactly what it means. It's like when Blanche Devereaux says, eat shit and die trash. No, what is it? Eat dirt and die trash. Eat dirt and
0: die trash.
2: Eat dirt and die trash. It's that same fucking energy. And that's the type of like big Southern
1: bell dick energy that I want in my life. So I put it forward. Bob, where are you on this one? I'm totally with you on that one. I challenge you to find another line from this movie that can be used more interchangeably than this one. Like I use it the most out of any other line in the, in this entire film. I know that you do. And yeah. it, <laughs> you can say it to anybody and they don't even need to know where it's from. They just it just is a it's applicable to everything. So it, it because it applies.
2: Kevin, how about you? Oops
0: it's tough um you are evil and must be destroyed
2: all right so michael i'm sorry you're out on that one
3: no i'm actually gonna make it unanimous and switch that oh are you yeah absolutely
2: perfect all right so that's a unanimous decision and folks that's it for round one our sweet 16 is now an elite eight we're gonna take a quick break so go grab some more sweet tea because we're gonna be spilling it all as we narrow down to our final winner we'll be right back I prefer a six, but a seven feels so good. I like to go for a size eight. And no trivia, I'm not talking about shoes. Welcome back to our Best Steel Magnolias quote mini We're going to jump right back in with the Elite Eight matchups. But first, let's get to know our panel a little bit better by asking each one of them what combination of two Steel Magnolia characters they think they, they are. So, Michael, I'm going to go to you first.
3: Well, uh, I'm a very heavy Malin to start with. You know, I've got that stalwart, keystone to every friend group that I have. But underneath that, I'm just a little bit of Oea because I can be bitchy and miserable with a lot with the rest of them. And Eric, you know can you can attest to that.
2: It's true. And his hair is also like a football helmet. <laughs> um, I kid. I kid because we love. Uh Kevin, how about yourself?
0: Oh, this is super easy. I've always been a clary um a Clary Weezer combo, which is a real mess. Um, it means I'm both angry and bitter and sarcastic. What a combo. I am a treasure.
3: <laughs> but at least you're pretty.
0: But I'm pretty, so that works for me. Um, and I will burp in your uh, beauty salon. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. In fact, I'll fart in your beauty <laughs> salon, too.
3: Because you're a
1: gentleman. How about you, Bob? Oh, tough question for me. I think there are parts of Weeza that I, c- I can get, like, super emotional in in my thi- in my things when people are challenging me and things like that. I think you always know how I feel or what my opinion is based on how I react from an emotional level, which... which You know, she's, she's pleasant. Damn it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think maybe rat her dog because (laughs) I, because I can always be egged on. So (laughs) good Lord. I love
2: it. Well, well done. I would consider myself to be a true V. Uh, in that I love to gossip, but I never share it outside of the circle of trust unless we're having a particularly good kiki. Uh, and I'm also, I can't decide if I'm Weezer or Clary. Oh, I think <laughs> you're more Clary. I love Michael doesn't even have a name. Weezer, she a crazy bitch. I
1: um, think <laughs> you're a mix of both. Maybe it's three people. I think you're yeah. a mix of both Weezer and Clary.
2: I think that might be correct because I think I have Clary's dry wit, but I have exactly. Weezer's like, burning fucking rage just like, <laughs> shooting out of my vag like i think that that's that's it but i Truvy's in there like that that kind of uh entrepreneurial gossip nosy neighbor thing yeah but so with the, with only the, the best of, <laughs> <rabbits>. <laughs> but only yeah. the best of intentions um, but you
3: are the poster child for multiple personnel. Fair. You have, you have entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs>
2: exactly. She got spirit. Yes, she do. All right. So we're going to move on to our elite eight. Uh, we have the first matchup is you have the handwriting of a serial killer versus hit this. Go ahead and slap a Melin. Um Bob, where are you coming down on this one?
1: I'm coming down with handwriting cuz it's something you can use in everyday life, uh, the making sure that it's always applicable and you can use it in your real, in your own life as a quote for yourself. Fair enough, Kevin. Hit
2: this. Go ahead, slapper. Slapper, Michael.
3: Oh, since I already own the T-shirt and I use it regularly, I'm going with hit this slapper.
2: I think I'm also going to go with hit this and slapper. Like, Bob is correct. Like, I don't use this one in in everyday life as much. But the idea of slapping Shirley MacLaine is just too appealing to pass (laughs) up. Um. So we're going to advance that one to round three. Uh, we Next, we have all gay men have track light and all gay men are named Mark, Rick or Steve versus you know what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say about anyone, come sit by me. First time we're discussing that one. Bob, where are you on this one?
1: I think you know what they say. I think I would go with that because it probably applies to every single person sitting on podcast right now.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, how about you, Michael? Oh,
3: I only look sweet in this. And so come and sit next to me.
2: All right. Kevin? same you know what so i've been part of the boston gay Men's chorus for four years and every time someone would come over to sit next to me at rehearsal I'll say oh can i say here i would always say to them well that depends do you have anything nice to say about anybody and they would just look at me with the weird look. i was like jesus fucking christ this is a good joke how are none of you getting this um but for that reason, of course, I have to go with you know what they say. So it's a unanimous victory on to round three. Next up we have I'm not crazy, Melina. I've just been in a very bad mood for four years versus her colors are blush and bashful. And I think this one's going to get a little bit more testy. So first, Kevin, you.
0: My colors are blush and bashful. I mean, everyone says that line like they do. Like that is a lot like if we're friends. And all of us picked to do this episode because we love this movie. We've said this to our friends at least 40 times. At least. That is the moment.
3: Fair. Michael? Um, I'm going to go the other way. It's like, I'm not crazy, but Lynn, I've just been in a bad mood for 40 years. Because I just like, I, th- I think that just summarizes so much about everybody. And I've used that one. I, I've used C- Bush, blush and bashful before, but I'm just definitely more drawn to the I've been in a very bad mood for 40 years.
1: What about you, Bob? I think I'm going to go blush and bashful. I think that line is iconic. And I think that if this was, say, the first time you ever saw this movie, I bet you dollars to donuts, you'd walk away knowing that line from your first viewing of this film. So 100% iconic I, in that way
2: so i agree with that I, and i like again i michael i, I think that uh i've been in a very bad mood for 40 years again probably resonates mm-hmm. with you and i a little bit more because we're how to put this hard hard and put away wet yeah um but uh, <laughs> i do think that uh blush and bashful is a more uh populist choice here and i think it has more of a um a gay sensibility That's just my take on it. (laughs) So we're going to advance at one to round three. Finally, in the Elite Eight, we have the only thing that separates us from the animals is our ability to accessorize versus you are evil and must be destroyed. Uh, Michael, you're first.
3: Oh, I am definitely evil and must be destroyed.
2: Okay. Kevin?
0: I went with accessorize, although I could be swayed on this one. I think this one is where... Uh, i i like i think it's a really fun line um the only uh, the only thing that separates us from the animals is our ability to access like it's just such a like fun line like it cracks me up every time
2: you can see your arch bow or your eyebrow arching as you say it like, absolutely it's just, it has that mm. gay kind of element to it but you you're on the fence, is that what I'm hearing? Or are you I'm going... torn. I could go either way. So you're Natalie and Brugleying this. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh
1: Bob, where are you? You are evil and you must be destroyed for two reasons. Wiza and I use it in my everyday life.
2: Yes. And I, I'm going to also go with evil that must and, be destroyed. And I
0: and I think that is a great choice.
2: Yeah. And to me, like if there's anything more twenty twenty, I understand this is a line from nineteen eighty nine, but like we are living in we are at the, the threshold of hell, Ellen. And so for me, <laughs> this line is more relevant than ever. So we have a final four of hit this, go ahead and slap her, take a whack at Weezer versus you know what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, uh, come sit by me. And I am going to throw this one to Kevin first.
0: Oh, I went with, you know uh, what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say uh, um, about anybody, come sit by me. Uh, just because that is, that line is, it's it's perfect. It is, for me, that is the line of the film.
1: Okay, uh, Bob. I'm going to go with, you know what they say as well. I don't know if I can say anything more on that line other than what we've already said. So I'm going to go with that
3: one. Michael. I, I'm going to be, I know I'm going to be the lone holdout on this one, but the I Slapped Weezer Boudreaux is just, it it, it it speaks to the core of my soul about wanting to hit people on a daily basis.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I get that fully. Like, seriously, I am going to go with you know what they say. Um, one fun fact I did learn about this particular quote is I always thought it came from this movie. And then I was schooled by a elderly homosexual gentleman of a certain age who was like, you fucking uh, know nothing – idiot it's actually from alice roosevelt teddy roosevelt's daughter uh and she was credited with that like back in the 1950s so it's a line that was lifted but i think it was deployed here absolutely brilliantly and were it not for this movie it would not be an everyday lexicon absolutely uh, and i'm so grateful that it is because we all use it so the last matchup in the final four is her is a blush and bashful versus you are evil and you must be destroyed I'm going to throw this one to Michael. Uh,
3: I I think that we all are going to end up agreeing on this, but that evil and you must be destroyed is kind of something that's really going to hold us out over blush, blush and bashful at this time. Because blush and bashful is just so upbeat and happy and everything, but none of us are upbeat and happy. We're all miserable and ugly on the inside, so we're evil and must be destroyed.
2: All right, Kevin.
0: Well, I actually don't agree at all. I think I hear people say her colors are blush and bashful way more than you are evil and must be destroyed. Like, I, I just, when when I talk to friends about this movie, blush and bashful are things that are repeated more than I can count. Honestly, more than anything. Like, that is one of the most iconic quotes of this film.
1: All right. And how about you, Bob? Well, uh, you are evil and you must be destroyed. I think that that one goes above the other ones. And I think just in, when you talk about the threshold of hell, I think this matchup is the threshold of hell because it's like, (laughs) how do you pick between the two of them? But I think that's the one I would go with. And I think that would put us, pitting her against a Clary quote, which is the way it should be, right? Wiza against Clary? I don't know. but You know, that's a
2: great point. I love it. I I, I love some good synergy. So I am going to go ahead and go with You Are Evil and You Must Be Destroyed as well. Which brings us to our final two, which personally I think is a great final two for this. You know what they say. If you don't have anything to say about anybody, come sit by me versus You Are Evil and You Must Be Destroyed. Bob, Erlenbeck, this is the least essential decision you will make all day.
1: Which one do you go with? You Are Evil. And you must be destroyed. All right.
2: Just because. Yep. Just because. Kevin Dillon.
0: I don't, I don't under, I I, I will say this. Like, I I think that is a great quote. I just don't think that that is a quote that is attached to this movie. Like, I genuinely don't. Like, I think it's a, a top tier quote, but like, that's not Steel Magnolias. Like, it's just not like, that's not like, it's, it's not a movie. It's not a movie quote from that. I think it's, you know what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say about anybody, come sit by me. Like that is a quote from this movie and people know it because of this movie and blush and bashful is better than the other quote that
1: was passed along just saying well well i'll let you know how shirley MacLaine thinks what she thinks of the kind
0: okay well i'll shit in her (laughs) wig like deborah winger did um okay
1: sorry i mean like we love it the disrespect the disrespect (laughs) how about you michael
3: how about you michael I'm going to put a tear in the space-time continuum and agree with Kevin on this one. That it yes, is- <laughs> I think yeah. that you and you are evil and must be destroyed. It's great, but I'm going to agree that like when you're talking about the film as a thing, that if you know what they say, if you don't have anything nice, come sit about anybody next to me is more iconic for the overall yes. film for you. Um, and these are words that I will never utter again. But Kevin's right.
2: well here's the funny thing is like i was just saying this is not even a quote that's from this film it is a quote that's lifted and put into this and yet it's almost like in star wars or empire strikes back we always are like oh luke you must i am your father which is not actually in the fucking movie but like sometimes we just weirdly associate certain quotes with certain properties whether or not it's right to and this is a quote that we associate with this movie i am going to agree that that is the way to go i'm sorry bob i think your your uh, argument was very Very strong, very well reasoned. Um, Do you know what I have to say about that? Let's hear it. (laughs) You are evil. And you must be destroyed. (laughs) And you're completely right on all counts. I really should be. Um, Ask my mother. But with that, folks, we actually we have a winner. That was a a light and breezy 30 something minutes. I couldn't be more pleased. It it, uh, went faster than even the movie. So I want to say thank you to everyone listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to say thank you to my panelists. I do love you more than my luggage. And thank you for checking out the Great Pop Culture Debate. Uh, Please go over to our website, Great Pop Culture. Debate.com and check out what other polls are open for your votes. Please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to quality podcasts. Like and review us if you think we're good. If you don't, go to hell. And then uh, if you're so interested, please be a patreon subscriber where you get exclusive access to uh, episodes you will not hear anyplace else you'll get early access to episodes and uh, you'll get more stupid stuff like this so thank you to everybody have a good night and uh, i hope to get to see the ace to bunny <laughs> and drink drink your juice shelby i can't believe we got through an entire podcast about steel magnolias without saying drink your juice shelby
0: Drink your juice, Shelby. That is
1: a quote. <laughs> Why did that not make the list? I, I know. No.
2: Oh There's my god.
1: god. Well, I I said to Eric previously that's not really an actual quote from the movie. Drink your juice. It's it's like a mashup of those words. We kind. Of, I think that in popular culture, we've kind of just made it. Drink your juice, Shelby, as as like a quote quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. The Mandala
2: yeah. effect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the Mandala <laughs> effect. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. It's the Malala effect. What? What's happening? It the, the berenstain bears effects, but now we're on a completely different <laughs> podcast so drink your juice shelby get the candy out of my purse and have a good night everybody